Ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome back. I am your host, Eric. This is a Fleeting Glimpse podcast. Podcast about movies, cars and memories. The movies, mostly, but not restricted to 80s and 90s. The cars, the supporting actors or characters or props or whatever you like in these movies. Nothing special about these cars other than that they give the movie an extra dimension, in my humble opinion. The memories are my own, but perhaps I can awaken some of your own almost forgotten ones. Now that would be something. Well, enough of that. As I said, I am Eric. I hail from Bergen in Norway, Scandinavia. I do this podcast in English in order to better my language skills and perhaps get one or two listeners from beyond our rocky borders. Ladies and gentlemen, do forgive me for errors in pronunciation and my sometimes limited vocabulary. There will be mistakes, but I do hope you can forgive me. I am by no means movie or automotive expert, so you may consider my review a bit on the light side. However, perhaps you are an amateur movie buff like myself, who find that there is beauty in the ordinary. Let's find out. It is time to talk about the movie, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, today it's a well-known one, I'm sure. It is called As Good As It Gets, premiered in the US, December 25, 1997. And in uh, Norway, it came uh, January 1998. I'll give you uh, a short uh, plot without uh, ruining it for you with uh, any spoilers. We don't do that. We don't do spoilers here at uh, Fleeting Glimpse. But the plot of the movie, as good as it gets, we meet Melvin Udall, which is played by a well-known actor, Jack Nicholson. And Melvin, uh, the character he's playing, is a writer of uh, romance novels. And he's also suffering from OCD, which is uh, obsessive-compulsive behavior. And anxiety, of course. He lives, in, uh, he lives uh, fairly protected in his uh, big Manhattan apartment. And... Uh, Every day for him is a routine and a repetition of the day before. He is, to put it mildly, uh, very free-spoken and hostile towards uh, gays, Jews, dogs, waitresses, agents, well, whatever or whomever crosses his path, really. He speaks his mind without any sign of empathy, completely ignores uh, the counterpart's reaction to his uh, verbal abuse. So crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. And uh, he basically behaves horrible towards uh, everyone close to him. And uh, that includes his uh, neighbor. He lives in an apartment there. He has uh, a couple of neighbors there. And they uh, they try to stay away from him as much as they can. But particularly one neighbor is uh, getting the blunt end of uh, Melvin's uh, abuse. And that is uh, Simon Bishop, played very well by... Greg Kinnear. And so Melvin uh, lives his life uh, with his uh, compulsive thoughts, uh, obsessive behavior. And uh, it's quite sad, actually. Uh, his routine is to visit a restaurant and not trusting the hygiene, he brings his own plastic cutlery in a plastic bag, which may uh, seem peculiar uh, back in 1997, but... Uh, we who lived through COVID 
uh, think that that kind of behavior ah. probably wouldn't raise an eyebrow in these days. But uh, Melvin is uh, as usual, his usual horrible self to everyone at this restaurant, with one exception. There is one waitress uh, here who tolerates his unpleasant behavior, the waitress uh, Carol, played by Helen Hunt. As events uh, unfold, uh, these three characters I mentioned, Melvin, his neighbor Simon, and the waitress uh, Carol, are put in the same boat, or car, rather, as you will see, and we are sent off on quite uh, an enjoyable movie experience together with them. Now, this is an Academy Award-winning uh, movie, and uh, I'm sure you, dear listener, have seen it. But if you haven't, then uh, I can uh, safely recommend this one, as I can with uh, mo- most of the, the movies I will review on this uh, podcast. Jack Nicholson and Helen won uh, Academy Award for their leading roles in this film, and the movie itself was only beaten by Titanic for Best Movie at the Oscars that year. Jack Nicholson in a very untypical role for him, a romantic, uh, it being a kind of a romantic comedy. His uh, well-known films, Chinatown, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Shining, and uh, The Departed. Fantastic actor, now retired, which is a bit sad, of course, but also uh, natural. I think he's around uh, 85 years old. Helen Hunt, uh, much uh, younger uh, at this point of time, in 1987, in her 30s, well-known uh, from uh, the sitcom Mad About You, which ran from 1992 to 1999, highly merited for that, and also known uh, from uh, at this time uh, from the movie Twister in 1996. It's also a movie I faintly remember, probably for good reasons. But here she gives a really... Uh, Oscar-winning performance. It's a pleasure to see Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson in this movie. Then we had Greg Kinnear, not so well-known uh, back in '97, but he had a few notable uh, TV performances and also uh, well-known from the movie Sabrina. And I guess uh, as good as it gets, the movie was his big break and he did really a stellar performance uh, playing the uh, vulnerable artist living next door to Melbourne. But it doesn't end there. This movie is uh, full of stars. Uh, we also have uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. playing as uh, Melvin's uh, agent, I think he is. Also a pleasure to see. Well known from, uh, well, from my side. I've seen him before in, of course, Boys in the Hood, as I'm sure you also remember him from. And, of course, uh, Jerry Maguire from 96. So with a cast like that, uh, what can go wrong? Not much as it turned out. Great movie, and uh, if you by chance missed this one, then uh, definitely go and see it. You won't regret it. But you may ask why you should go and see it, and uh, here's my subjective uh, uh, opinion again. Why do I like this movie? Well, it's a, a feel-good movie of some sort, perhaps even a romantic comedy with a, with a dark undertone being uh, Melvin's mental illness and i guess the mission of the film is uh, to make the tragic melvin character into a better man and that's the often uh, used uh, or quoted line from the script of this movie when uh, melvin says to helen you make me want to be 
a better man. And as compliments go, that's uh, that's uh, one of the best, uh, in my opinion. And I think I'm guilty of using this line myself uh, during the late 90s. Uh, I was in my 20s and probably wanted to impress some uh, some girl with a line like that. But I have to admit, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't sound so good in Norwegian as it does in English. In Norwegian, it sounds more like a, a statement or a report of fact. And that's it's not very romantic. I'm sure you agree with me. And I'm sure the girl in question uh, uh, understood my meaning. Uh, and if not, well, luckily, I have uh, no memory of it. But back to the movie, and I think uh, the movie is, uh, well, a fundamental message to to uh, better oneself. It rang true to me, and I guess life uh, as a whole is just a long journey of trying to better oneself as well. I'm lucky to say that I don't uh, identify with uh, Melvin Udall in this movie and his uh, horrible way of dealing with uh, other people. But I imagine uh, OCD is uh, is quite a common uh, mental illness. And I guess uh, Melvin Udall uh, gives a quite accurate representation of uh, what it can be like to to have this kind of uh, torment in your life. But I remember seeing Melvin Udall uh, jumping around on the uh, Manhattan pavement to avoid uh, stepping on the cracks and uh, washing his hands uh, compulsively. The latter again, uh, something we all, I guess, did during the COVID. So you might say uh, Melvin was ahead of his time. But that's a digression, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it reminded me, uh, as I was a young boy going to school, uh, I imagine I had to stop after leaving the house, turn to the house and say uh, sort of a blessing to the house before going and catch the bus to school. I felt I had to do this every time I, uh, I left the building or the house. But I thought, probably thought at the time that, that this was a way to keep the house safe, the family safe. And I remember uh, when I stopped doing that, that was when the uh, the girl next door, who also went to the same school as me, same class, uh, discovered me doing this. And that was so embarrassing that I, I uh, stopped doing this compulsive, compulsive behavior. And as it turned out, the house was still standing, still is after all these years. Happy to say, ladies and gentlemen, and it stands uh, firmly without me or anyone else having to do any blessing or whatever it was. Since then, I haven't done uh, anything uh, remotely like it. Perhaps, uh, well, uh, not until uh, COVID came and we all started with uh, obsessive uh, hand-washing rituals, which are lasting to this day for some. Think white and get serious. Take my car, convertible. Do you drive? Like the wind. But I'm not doing it. Getting loud. Getting loud. He wants me to take his car and his client to Baltimore. I want your life for one minute, where my big problem is somebody offers me a free convertible so I can get out of this city. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to move over to... uh, last part of this podcast and uh, we are going to talk about the car in this movie as good as it gets and it's no surprise to you it's the uh, the uh, supporting actor in this movie it's the 1996 uh, Cabrio SE 
Finland built, and this is uh, part of the next generation subs, which uh, were made on a GM line of uh, same line as the Opel Vectra, heavily based on the sedate uh, Opel Vectra sedan, and uh, while it paid uh, lip service to Saab's design hallmarks, the car actually lacked the company's unique personality, over-engineering and superlative handling characteristics. I think many Saab fans will consider this car uh, inferior to previous models, and uh, definitely the start of the decline of Saab, which uh, went out of uh, out of business back in uh, 2011. The last Saab went uh, off the uh, manufacturing belt in uh, nine, 2011. I think it was a Saab 9.5. But back to this model, the the nine uh, the new 900 that came out in uh, uh, mid 90s. Beset with the terrible reliability issues, uh, trim pieces from Opel's uh, parts bin lacked a level of refinement that is that it's needed to stay competitive in the luxury marketplace. But uh, why did they choose this car for uh, for this movie? Well, uh, no doubt the problems I mentioned are one thing, but the car looks uh, quite nice. It's uh, it's a handsome, beautiful car. It's a convertible, and there's something light about a convertible cabriolet, and this model seemed uh, a bit light and breezy as well. Sky blue, color often used in movies, a bit carefree, 50s color uh, that I uh, connect with it. And when I think of the sky blue car, I tend to think of uh, first generation Ford Mustangs from James Bond movie Thunderball, I think it was. It's about optimism, uh, if you ask me, uh, and uh, uh, if you see the movie poster, I think the car color matches also the color, the sky colored uh, background of the movie poster in the movie, as good as it gets. So the car, uh, probably not at all as good as it gets, but uh, that's okay. It looks good in the movie and it fits, uh, it fits well in, in this movie. We have to remember that this is not uh, Melvin, uh, Melvin's car. He borrows it from uh, his uh, agent, like you heard in the sound clip, played by Cuba Gooding Jr. And uh, this is understandable. Uh, Melvin lives in Manhattan. Uh, he's got uh, serious uh, problems with OCD and why, why on earth should he have a car? We see him uh, constantly taking uh, taxi cabs wherever he needs to go, doubtlessly. Uh, Verbally abusing the drivers on his way to the restaurant and back to his uh, flat. Yet uh, he has a license and he drives car. Like you said, he drives like the wind. So maybe this gives us a hint about his uh, that he was uh, actually doing better uh, at some earlier point when he was uh, driving a car, owning a car. Who knows? And our three uh, main characters. Uh, uh, looks good uh, in this car as I uh, drive away together. And there's quite a long sequence in the movie where they are playing music and talking uh, in the car. And I saw a picture from the making of the film uh, with uh, the camera fitted on the hood of this uh, car. Uh, they had removed the front headlights in order to get a better grip for the for the camera position. Quite interesting, and uh, you see how, how it was done at least back in the 90s uh, when uh, 
recording a movie and uh, dialogue inside a car. And uh, I I don't know really, but I think uh, what they usually do, they put uh, the car with the actors inside on, on a flatbed truck and they, they film uh, dialogue. They film them uh, uh, in that position and uh, understandable, avoid any accident. Not easy to be... Uh, to be doing alliance and trying to uh, keep your eyes on the road. But I'm sure that is been done <laughs> as well. Perhaps uh, you have some uh, more information than me, dear listener. Then uh, feel free to share. Uh, um, this is uh, interesting stuff to me. I also saw that this car actually came up for sale not long ago. And the owner of the car had uh, some kind of certificate uh, proving that this was actually used in uh, this movie. Driven by Jack Nicholson and not uh, John Voight, if you take my reference to uh, Seinfeld uh, episode. Uh, slight digression there, apologies. But uh, Sub uh, 900, a popular series uh, of car that you has been used in movies before. I mentioned uh, Seinfeld, the TV series, comedy series, uh, what you call it. But it was also seen in the uh, 2004 movie Sideways. And if you're a bit of a Saab purist, then uh, that model was the 87 uh, model Cabrio 900, which get quite rough uh, treatment in that movie. Maybe I'll uh, talk about that movie because I'm very fond of the movie Sideways as well. But that's not the only movie. Quite recently we had a... Um, a foreign language film, Oscar winner, uh, called uh, Drive My Car from Japan. I've seen it. It's a very good movie. But uh, it's uh, perhaps a good idea to read a certain book first. Namely, Anton Chekhov's Uncle Vanya from uh, late uh, 19th century. Uh, but I haven't read the book, but I did really enjoy the film. And uh, I will definitely return to that movie. And in that movie, there's, of course, uh, one of the main characters is the car, the Saab. And this uh, car, this uh, beautiful red uh, Saab 900 uh, Turbo, also from 87, must be a good year for Saab. I must be one of the best preserved Saabs uh, I've seen in uh, real life or uh, in movies. So that's another <laughs> movie tip for you. But perhaps we should, uh, we should all read that uh, Chekhov book before or, or not you know i spent uh, my use reading uh, stephen king uh, books uh, mostly and uh well still standing uh, a bit scared of the dark of course after reading those books but uh nonetheless uh i think stephen king also is a fan of cars there are definitely mentioned a lot of them in his books but i'm rambling on ladies and gentlemen let's uh, stick to uh, as good as it gets and this uh, particular sky blue uh, sub 900 model 1996 Built in Finland, like I said, uh, probably for the American market uh, popular car it was uh, in its day. And I think it's a bit of a collector's item, uh, this one as well, even though it's from the slightly less uh, uh, popular uh, GM series. Of course, uh, a convertible is a bit more expensive than other cars, uh, usually because uh, there are more parts to make that roof go up and down. And uh, best use for a convertible is, of course, in a bit of a warm environment, uh, like um, like summer season, uh, New York, driving those scenic 
roads outside of the city with the top down and listening to some good music to put uh, one in the right mood like melvin does with his really pre-planned and uh, carefully recorded uh, cassette tape uh, me personally i never owned a convertible uh, actually uh, i haven't can't remember if i've uh, oh yes i've probably been in one uh, during my life but the reason it's not very uh, it's not the best climate here in norway for a uh, top uh, down car you definitely want a hard top here uh, because uh, especially here on the west coast it's raining a lot and uh, of course there are a few optimists around uh, who has a convertible standing around and uh, well uh, i hope i'm sure they enjoy their car during the summer months but uh, highly recommendable to put it away in some garage during autumn winter and spring and most of the summer uh, come to think about it because uh, it usually rains uh, all the year here nonetheless uh, lovely cars uh, convertibles and if you own one i salute you and uh, i hope you enjoy it and uh, and i'm sure if i had more here i'd uh, seriously consider driving a convertible and uh, let uh, those warm summer breezes uh, flow uh, into the, the car and uh, and I'd probably feel like a movie star. So getting a little bit uh, technical, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm more of a visual uh, kind of person. Uh, I appreciate the look of a car, but it's also interesting to know a little bit more about the, the engine. And uh, I have a little information for you there. The car in the movie, as good as it gets, uh, Sky Blue Saab 900 SE. And there are two versions of the SE that was available uh, this year. One was the V6 and one was the SE for straight six. The factory in uh, Finland uh, um, also made a S version with also a straight four engine. The SE V6 uh, came with uh, 170 horsepower. The SE with a straight four engine had 185 horsepower and if you're wondering about the difference between a, a V engine and a straight engine well in a V engine the cylinder banks are arranged at an angle to each other so that the banks form a V shape that is when viewed from the front and a straight engine a single bank of cylinders typically arranged upright or inverted now that is common knowledge for some, but for others uh, that is uh, really nice to know. Now I talked about the Saab uh, factory in uh, in Finland, but let's uh, be clear, uh, Saab is a Swedish brand based in uh, Linköping in, uh, in Sweden, and uh, they started out making uh, planes back in 1937, and it took 10 years uh, before they started making uh, automobiles in 1947. Now Saab uh, did not uh, endure the uh, economic crisis uh, in uh, 2008 and uh, went out of business then the last car rolling out of production line in 2011 like I mentioned before. However, they still make uh, fighter planes. Uh, Saab is uh, still a company, uh, but uh, no more cars. Unfortunately, because I know there are many fans of uh, Saab out there and perhaps you, dear listener, are one of them. Certainly lovely cars but let's go back again to 1997 uh, i mentioned that the movie was released on christmas day in uh, 1997 
And since this uh, podcast is also about memories, I tried to figure out what I was doing uh, back in those days. But it's difficult uh, looking back and, uh, and try to remember where you were and what you were doing at the time. But luckily, I found a very good uh, reference. And since uh, uh, the movie was released on Christmas Day in 1997, there is actually uh, a recording that was made uh, by uh, my sister on uh, Christmas Eve uh, in 1997. And it's uh, kind of funny. She gave uh, this... Uh, According to me, uh, last year, uh, you know, uh, being a bit of a nostalgic, it's nice to, to look back. And uh, it's always interesting to look at old uh, photos. But uh, that year, uh, in uh, 97, we also uh, had uh, a VCR. No, not a VCR. Of course, we had a VCR, but we had a, a camcorder, I think you can call it. Anyway, we made a small uh, movie uh, from our family Christmas that year. It was my brother-in-law who brought the camera to uh, the event. Or at least I think that's how it was. I'm not 100% sure. But it was funny watching it. Very cozy Christmas uh, we had back then. And I guess what struck me the most looking at it now is that uh, there is a complete absence of uh, cell phones on the tables. I can't remember if I owned one back then, uh, but uh, they were uh, quite... uh, basic as uh, many of you remember or some of you remember and we didn't hang over them and check them all the time anyway of course we were doing text messages um, i think the first text message was back in 1992 correct me if i'm wrong ladies and gentlemen but uh, it's so different from today when you uh, you feel you have to check your, uh, your smartphone every uh, two minutes and i'm not uh, saying what's uh, right or what's wrong but uh, perhaps uh, I think always when you look back, things seem a little bit more easier or simple. Not necessarily better, but also something that struck me seeing my 97 version of myself the day before the release of As Good As It Gets is that I was immaculately dressed in a black suit, a goatee I had, and I noticed my thinning here, ladies and gentlemen. That's not something that's so easy when you are in your early 20s to notice that you're losing your hair. But uh, that is uh, that is how it is. At the time, I know I thought it was very difficult. Uh, of course, as you grow older, you, you learn to handle it. But uh, for any young man uh, growing up, uh, losing your hair at that early age, when you're, when you're so conscious about uh, what you wear and what you, how you appear to other people, other people, especially uh, girls, it's uh, not easy. I'm sure you can relate to that. Perhaps you can, or perhaps you can't. Now, I wish I had uh, that 96 uh, convertible by back in 97, while I still had some here that uh, would look cool as I drove with the top down and uh, winded my hair. But a uh, hard top has always been my, uh, my car. And back then, I had uh, a 1977 Ford Granada, a classic, a rusting classic. I think it was uh, not long after that car died. But I have fond memories of that car as well. But that's for a, that's for another story, ladies and gentlemen. I'll talk about that some other time. The memories, the memories. Now I hope I have managed to uh, waste your time in a positive uh, 
way. Perhaps you've gotten a movie tip out of this. And uh, perhaps you'd like to join me again uh, next week. And if you have some uh, uh, movie memories of your own, some car memories, if you'd like to correct some of the stuff, maybe I got something wrong, please uh, drop me a, a line, ladies and gentlemen. I would uh, really appreciate it. And if not, I'll just uh, keep on uh, trucking here and uh, giving out uh, these uh, podcasts. There is a Facebook page in the description. There is also an email if you like to comment. Or if you can't be bothered, that's fine. No problem. I'll try and put out some pictures on that Facebook page of the cars so you know uh, what I'm talking about. And uh, you might have a completely different uh, appreciation of cars or... Uh, or movies than I have and if you feel like it or have time please uh, tell me about it it would be very interesting I hope you have enjoyed yourself uh, if you haven't seen this movie then you're in for a treat if you have watch it again I've done multiple times I can tell you take a look at that uh, beautiful Saab Cabrio and uh, dream away to some warmer place that's it for me ladies and gentlemen Without further ado, oh yes, just a kind reminder, do remember to wash your hands. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, small correction, I have to, I made uh, uh, an error. Uh, the car is not uh, Melvin Udall's agent. It's not from him, it's from uh, his neighbor, Simon, uh, played by Greg Kinnear. It's his agent's car. It's important to get our facts straight. And the agent, of course, Cooper Gooding. I'd also like to mention that there is an appearance uh, of uh, a famous uh, uh, actor in this movie, Harold Remy. Uh, we, we have to mention him because it's very nice to see him here uh, playing the role as a doctor in this movie. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I wish you a fantastic week. See you next time.